Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun podcast, our daily reading and meditation on the gospel. I am James Thomas, and today is Palm Sunday, Sunday, April 2nd, 2023. At the beginning of Mass, the gospel according to Matthew, according to Matthew, I'm sorry, is read. When Jesus and the disciples drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find an ass tethered and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them here to me. And if anyone should say anything to you, reply, The master has need of them. Then he will send them at once. This happens so that what had been spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Say to daughter Zion, Behold, your king comes to you meek and riding on an ass, and on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had ordered them. They brought the ass and the colt and laid their cloaks over them, and he sat upon them. The very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and strewed them on the road. The crowds preceding him and those following kept crying out and saying, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken and asked, Who is this? And the crowds replied, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So the way Palm Sunday happens is that this gospel is read at the beginning. The palms are blessed. And then the Liturgy of the Word begins with the reading of the Passion. It's known as Palm Sunday and Passion Sunday. It used to be separated into two different Sundays. So we celebrate the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem, and we celebrate his Passion on a Sunday. Sometimes the church will double up with its feasts in order to emphasize things that are really, truly important. So even though Good Friday is this week, celebrating the Lord's passion and death for us, we celebrate it as well on Sunday. I wanted to start just by taking note of something. Every single Mass, whether Sunday Mass or daily Mass, every Mass, before the Eucharistic prayer, we say the Holy, Holy. Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So many of the prayers of the Mass are in the Bible, and they're at key moments in the Bible. For example, at Sunday Masses and feast days, we say the Gloria. The Gloria, if we recall, where did those words originally come from? They were the words of the angels announcing Jesus coming into the world. Isn't it interesting where we place them in the Mass? We place them at the beginning of the Mass. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth, because we're entering into a solemn celebration of worship, worshiping God the Father together with Jesus, his son, worshiping also the son, and we're celebrating him coming into our presence. At the beginning, just like in Jesus' life, just like in the Gospels, it's the be- at the beginning, it's all about the incarnation and the birth, Jesus coming into the world. 
Then later, it's about his passion and death. Of course, then that's followed with the resurrection, the ascension, the sending of the Spirit. So, around the middle point of the Mass, before we have the Eucharistic prayer, we say the Sanctus, the Holy Holy. The beginning of the prayer comes from the book of Revelation. I believe we also see this in the Old Testament. The angels and those in heaven are praising the Lord who's on the throne. And they say, holy, holy, holy. They say it three times, indicating the Trinity, indicating a certain perfection that the number three represents. Holy in, um, in Hebrew. Um, oh, I forget my Hebrew now. What is the word for holy? I want to say hesed, but I don't think that's the right word. Anyway, holy, the original word for Hebrew, for holy in Hebrew, means different, other, set apart, separate from God. I mean, God is separate from the human race, from this world, but in a, in a good way, in a holy way, in a, uh, of course, I'm using the word to define the word. I shouldn't do that, but it means in a way that is sacred, in a way that is set apart, in a way that is great and powerful and omnipotent, omniscient, all the omnis that we could say, omnipresent. God is holy. We are not holy on our own. We can become holy because of the presence of God. And that's a little bit where I want to go with this sermon today, what it means to be holy. But anyway, the rest of that prayer, as we know from just hearing the gospel according to Matthew, the rest of that prayer, Hosanna, it comes from Matthew's gospel when the, Jesus is entering Jerusalem. So when we're saying that prayer in the Mass, how very often, let's be really honest with ourselves right now, how often do we say that prayer thinking, I don't know, yeah, 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 I got to get through this. Yeah, we say this every week. Oh, I can't believe they're doing it in Latin. Oh, they chose that Mass setting? Ooh, I hate that music. How often are we not paying attention? We say it as a rote prayer, like, oh, yeah, I got to get through it. And then I got to kneel after this. Maybe we say it with a longing to see the consecration and be in the presence of Jesus, truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Blessed Sacrament. And we look at that prayer as, well, this is like the gateway to that. I got to get through this prayer. I got to recite this in order to get to that point where I can be before the Lord on my knees. That's far better than the first alternative. But how about we actually focus on where the prayer comes from and what that should mean to us when we celebrate every Mass? Where does the prayer come from? Revelation, where they are surrounding the Lamb who was slain yet lives forever. Jesus on the altar in heaven. They worship Jesus. And Revelation follows a pattern. There's worship of God in heaven, and then the devil gets conquered. And then they worship him in heaven again. And then the devil gets conquered again. So there is a worship in heaven that Sacrosanctum Concilium, one of the Vatican II documents, the document on the sacred liturgy, really likes to emphasize that one of the meanings of the Mass, the Mass has many meanings. It's a lot going on there. It is worship. It's a gift of God that enables us to be present uh, at the crucifixion. His, his passion and death are made present for us. And then Jesus offers them to the Father. He offered them once for all on the cross, but the Mass enables us to connect with the cross. So it is the sacrament, the representation. We call it the unbloody sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. 
And it is also, I would say, the secondary meaning of Holy Mass is that it's our participation in the heavenly liturgy. Of course, Mass has a lot of other meanings. It it's, exists on many levels. It talk about holy. It's a sacred thing that we don't even fully understand, but we, we strive to. We strive to go more and more deep in our worship at Mass. But the Mass is, like I was saying, a participation in the divine liturgy. So as the angels and the saints in heaven are worshiping God face to face, we are enabled to enter into that. And so we say the same prayer, holy, holy, holy. But then we also say what they said on Palm Sunday when Jesus entered Jerusalem, as they dropped their cloaks, as they laid palms down on the ground, they welcomed him as a king and they said, Hosanna. Hosanna is a word that means basically we worship you, our king. So are we thinking about that and saying these words as we're about to encounter the consecration of the mass and then the offering of Jesus to his father done by the priest, but we're able to enter into it. We're able to partake in it. We're able to offer Jesus with the priest. The priest is the primary actor. The priest could do it by himself if none of us were present, but still it's an honor for us to be there. And we can, I was told once that whatever you have in your life, you're good, you're bad, you're ugly, place them all on the patent spiritually with Jesus as Jesus is being offered to the Father. Give him your family, give him your work, give him your struggles, give him your joys, the things you're thankful for, place it all on the patent. Anyway, as we're getting ready for that consecration, we are saying Hosanna. In other words, we're worshiping just as the people in Jerusalem were worshiping as Jesus entered into their midst. What an important thing for us to enter into. What an honor it is to be able to share in these prayers. Okay, so in this gospel reading, we see the people welcoming Jesus. And yet a few days later, Jesus is going to be arrested. He's going to be beaten horribly. He's going to be crucified. He's going to carry the cross. He's going to be ridiculed and spit at. And who knows how many of the same people that worshipped him when he entered Jerusalem are now spitting at him, are now shouting, crucify him. And this is why we have that other gospel reading in the same mass, where when the passion is read, the people take part in it, shouting, crucify him. And this is what it means by participation in the mass. We think participation means I got to be up on the altar giving out communion or something. No, I mean, what's what would be the point of the congregation then if we all have to be up there, if that's the only way to be close to God? No, no, no. Participation in the Mass means we are privileged to console Jesus' heart. We're privileged to be there. We're privileged to enter into deep prayer as Jesus is making his offering. We're privileged to be side by side with Mary, worshiping God Almighty on the cross, offering his life for us. And so we celebrate this Passion Sunday with this commemoration that we are participants. We are participating, and part of our participation is that we have sinned, and our sins have said to Jesus, we wish to crucify you. Whether we like it or not, this is the case. He died for our sins. He died to take away our sins 
so that we could be forgiven, so that we could ultimately go to heaven, so that we could know peace and love and joy in this life as well. So our participation requires that we shout with the crowds, crucify him, crucify him. That's the reality of it. And it drives home this point that, yes, although we hope to get to church on Good Friday, wouldn't that be great? We hope to be fasting on Good Friday. We hope to truly enter in emotionally and in our prayers to what Jesus did for us. We wish to connect with that so that we can have the joy of Easter Sunday, but so much more than that, the grace that comes with the resurrection, all those graces that come to us through the sacraments, through the word, through our faith. Anyway, we wish to have all those graces, but we have to acknowledge that our sins did this to him. So we participate by commemorating the fact that, yes, Jesus is doing this for us. Yes, we've messed up. Yes, we have sinned. We need his help. We need his life within us. So it's really an exercise in hypocrisy because we are hypocrites. To one degree or another, we are. Let's be honest. We love Jesus when, I mean, and of course, everybody's in a different place with this. It's not to criticize you for not being in the same place as me or me for not being in the same place as you. But rather, it's just that acknowledgement that I'm a sinner. You're a sinner, which means, yeah, we can get on our knees. We can worship Jesus. We can celebrate Easter, celebrate Good Friday, celebrate the Easter vigil on Holy Saturday. We can keep all kinds of different, uh, you know, traditions. Uh, Somebody made a joke today, and I thought it was really funny. Back in the day when we didn't have Internet, you know, uh, Palm Sunday night was a really important night in American homes. That was the night that the Ten Commandments came on. Now we don't have to worry about that anymore. You can get it on DVD. You can, you know, get get a Netflix, whatever, Amazon Prime. I don't know. But back in the day, you know, certain movies would come on certain days. I remember Easter Sunday. Yeah, Easter Parade with Judy Garland would come on. Usually Sound of Music, I think, would come on Easter Sunday night. And we'd watch it as a family. It's one of our family's favorites. But yes, the Ten Commandments was also a family favorite, and that would come on at the beginning of Holy Week. Usually during Holy Week, there's shows about Jesus, like Jesus of Nazareth or The Greatest Story Ever Told, some of the older movies about Jesus. Now there's just too many. You couldn't possibly fit them in all week long, Holy Week. There's just too many. So we live in a different world now. But we have our traditions that we follow. And uh, yeah, you know, we're followers of Jesus, hopefully. So we have our different ways that we celebrate. Of course, there's more secular things that we're doing, dying Easter eggs uh, to help out the Easter bunny. Easter bunny can't do it all on his own or her own. (laughs) Uh, We have Easter egg hunts at every church. You might forget the religious things, but don't forget that Easter egg hunt. Heaven forbid. Um, We have all our different traditions. Hopefully, a big tradition for us is to go to confession this week. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, we call it the Easter duty. Easter duty means, yeah, at one point during the season of Lent or Easter, we have to go to communion one time in the state of grace. Otherwise, we incur another mortal sin if we haven't done that. So we have to, uh, if, if we're conscious of any mortal sin, we have to go to confession within the Easter season or the Lenten season. So, and then we have the Divine Mercy Feast coming up too and all that that means. We'll get into that at a later date. But yes, we have the different things that we participate in. 
but let's recall our own hypocrisy. How often have I sinned, even though I've praised him? How often am I ashamed of him in one way or another, like these people were? Yes, we're going to worship him when everybody else is doing it. But now, that time has passed. It doesn't seem the leaders really like him. Okay, do we get in there with the crowds and start shouting horrible things at him? Or do we just quietly observe because we're scared? That's if we were to compare ourselves to the people in Jerusalem at the time. But what do we do nowadays? Do we, I don't know, just not talk about our faith at all as if we're the atheists just like everybody else around us? Do we not wear holy things, religious things, indicating, yes, I belong to him? I mean, gosh, we're citizens of heaven. We should be so proud of that. We should be flaunting that, not not in a prideful way, but in a way that says, you know, this is the greatest thing, and hey, let's invite other people into it. Jesus says, if you are, uh, if you acknowledge me before men, my fa- I will acknowledge you before my Father. If you are ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my Father. And so that's something for us to think about as we're celebrating this feast today, praising him one minute and shouting, crucify him the next. Are we proud of him? Do we proudly just, you know, make it known? Like I say, not in a sinful way, not saying to the world, hey, look, everybody, I'm better than you. That's not what we're talking about. But just especially as our world gets more and more anti-Christian, you know, we don't have to go around saying, oh, you know, I... I don't know. There's moral issues. We don't have to like flaunt our moral positions, but okay, let's put that word aside, flaunt. Let's talk about defend our moral truths, the moral truth, or when moral conversations come up, are we ashamed? Are we afraid? Are we ashamed of Jesus before men? We believe he's given us truth and he's given us the church to help us discern the truth. Do we truly defend these teachings? Do we stand up for our faith? This week is such a crucial week, and there's so many ways to get into conversations with people about what it is we're doing this week, who it is that we worship this week, and how very important this is to us. So let's ask our Lord to give us that grace this week. This, this is the week. You know, we celebrate the most important thing that ever happened in the history of the human race that we have a Savior, and God loves us so much He died for us. When we think about what He endured, the ridicule, the torment that He endured so that we can have life, I mean, and and we're ashamed to, I don't know, just even mention Christianity, just to even say, like, I always make it a point, you know, there are times we might criticize the church, and rightfully so, because bad things have happened. There are times maybe people are being criticized for good reason because they've messed up. And it's not that we go around gossiping. That's not good. It's not that we go around criticizing. But sometimes we do have to acknowledge that bad things have happened. But I always make it a point to say to people, uh, I really love my Catholic faith. All right, there might be this thing that happened or that thing that was a difficulty. Maybe something happens in the news. A a, a person in the higher ups doesn't defend a certain moral teaching, this and that. Okay, you know, sometimes it's necessary to be critical. Otherwise, that could be a source of scandal to 
to, uh, you know, make people think the church has changed its position on things. But I always like to say, no, I love my Catholic faith. I love prayer. I love the Eucharist. I love Our Lady. I love the sacraments. I love our moral teachings. I love Pope John Paul's Theology of the Body, which I bet you so many people out there still haven't read yet. And it's so important to read it. It's, I mean, talk about stuff to love. It's an amazing body of teaching that'll help us live our lives better and with so much more joy. So there's so much about our faith to love and to be proud of and to tell people about, especially this week, because this is the week that Jesus literally poured out himself so that we could have all these things, not just to go to heaven, but to have true joy and dignity in this world. Jesus paid the price for us. He's given us everything, and uh, he asks us to now continue to be his eyes, his ears, his hands, and his feet in the world. This week, more than ever, let's celebrate our faith. Let's be proud of our faith. Let's live our faith, and let's ask Jesus to always grow stronger in our faith. Let's make good confessions. Let's spend time with him in prayer. Imagine him going to the cross and Mary there with him. Let's console their hearts as good children should do by being with them, by loving them, by saying loving things to them. Let's follow them because we know where this is going now. After Jesus goes through it all, then he's going to rise again. He's going to open heaven for us. He's going to conquer sin. He's going to conquer death. He's going to conquer the devil. Let's stay with him in the defeats so that we can be with him in the victories. The defeats, by the way, are things he's fully chosen himself anyway. So remembering our sins, remembering what he's doing for us, let us now follow the Lord, stay close to him, and always be proud of the great gifts that we have been given. God bless you. Happy Palm Sunday.